want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. So welcome back. How have you been? This is season two of the podcast with Yes, a new name. We spent almost six months, really almost six months, evaluating what it was or is that I want to say with this podcast. Like, what did I want to bring to you? And I took some time, which I think is really, really important to take some time to sit, to meditate, to dream, to write, to decide what to bring you. And yes, we're going to bring you great interviews with artists, healers, and entrepreneurs. Yes, tips and tools on storytelling, manifestation, living your most aligned life, but digging a bit deeper. And even featuring some of my incredible students in my network. And in fact, today's episode is one of them. She is a friend and a student. Robin Wilner is a Bay Area holistic nutritionist and yoga teacher with a passion for moving mindfully and eating consciously. As a Broadway performer struggling with chronic anxiety and disordered eating, she spent years learning to heal and pledged to help others do the same. For over a decade, Robin has taught people to use their unique biochemistry as a healing superpower with food, movement, and mindfulness as medicine. She specializes in women's health, and her mission is to guide individuals away from overwhelm and burnout and towards a thriving state of well-being and joy. Robin is an ERYT 500 yoga teacher, holds a master's of science in holistic nutrition, and was featured in Yoga Journal Magazine. She truly is an amazing expert. I am so fortunate to have her in my community. Today, we discuss what a cleanse actually is, how to utilize them, and why, because I'm scared of the cleanse, you all. I have been scared of the cleanse, which I fully admit in the episode today, why a juice cleanse is not necessarily a good idea for everyone at all times, and how eliminating food from your diet can shift your entire life. Welcome back, my friends, and here we go with season two. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, friends, welcome back to the Nick Demas Show. I have with me today a dear friend, a student, a colleague, and an all-around amazing human being. Welcome to the show, Robin. Thank you, Nick. What an introduction. I'm so happy to be here. We have worn so many hats together. We have a very similar background, very, very similar. And I want to start there because I think it relates to who you are, your story, and what you're doing now. So talk to me about your Broadway life, because that's really where I first knew you, where I first was introduced to who you were. Yeah, we we do have such a history together, and it's amazing how how much of it has sort of continued along the same path. So 
I was a Broadway performer for 12 years. I moved to New York City right before 9-11, which is um, actually one of the big reasons why I pivoted towards becoming both a yoga practitioner and a teacher, which I'll tell you a little bit more about in a moment. But I was very young. I was in my early 20s and I was struggling, as you do in New York City, to find my way, find my path as um, a dancer first and also um, a singer and an actor. And it took some time, particularly because we were recovering so much after 9-11. And I found my way into several touring shows. I ended up um, doing four different national tours over the course of four years and found myself very ungrounded during that time. And it's really interesting because I just have to, to pause for a moment and kind of integrate that I was so anxious and had dealt with such chronic anxiety, not just from being in this post 9-11 New York and having lived through that trauma collectively in the city, but also as a, a, a musical theater performer in New York City, as you know, can be extremely anxiety inducing. So a friend of mine said to me, you know, yoga might really help you because you're a dancer, you like to move and this will help you. And I think just give it a try. It'll probably help a little bit with the anxiety. So believe it or not, I had this DVD that I brought with me and it just so happened to be Shiva Ray, who is a very prominent <laughs> vinyasa teacher. And I see you laughing because I think you know where this is headed, which is kind of how I ended up meeting you. So I'm, I'm using this DVD and I'm thinking, oh, this is so great. I love the way that she moves. And it was very aligned with nature. And so my body as a dancer loved asana. And I started really deepening my practice of yoga and found that my anxiety could level and I was able to handle it. So I'm keeping myself you know, in shape with yoga and um, preventing injury and doing eight shows a week and traveling on my day off was bonkers. And by the time I got back to the city, I was just determined to keep going with it. And so I actually looked for a studio that was very close to where I was performing. I ended up getting off of the tour of Mamma Mia in 2008. Funny thing, I was just ready. I actually left the show and people thought, you're crazy. You have this great show. What are you doing? And I thought, you know, I just want to teach yoga. And I just, I love this so much. I want to get certified. And I don't know if you know this, Nick, but I ended up leaving the show and coming back to the city with the intent to get my yoga certification. And six days after I got home, I ended up getting Wicked on Broadway, which is where I subsequently performed for six years. And I had to cancel this plan to get certified to teach yoga. So everything just kind of turned upside down. And I just kept thinking in the back of my head, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. And about two years, I think it was into um, working with Wicked, I had been practicing at this studio that was conveniently two blocks down the street, Sonic Yoga, which is actually where I met you. You were one of my teachers. And I thought, this is the place where I want to get trained. And believe it or not, there was a connection to Shiva Ray and the style of yoga through her. So all of these elements kind of mixed together. So I was a little crazy and decided that I would do my yoga certification and perform full time. So if you can believe this, I was going to yoga teacher training Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then I was leaving yoga teacher training at 6 p.m., walking the two blocks, taking a nap, basically in the the bathroom of the dressing room area at Wicked where there, we had this cot and I would like take a nap and refresh. And then I would do the show. And then I would go home. I get home at about 11. And then I would wake up and kind of rinse, repeat. And needless to say, I had a bit of a breakdown. 
And it sort of allowed me to step back and realize what was really my calling and what I really wanted to do. So pausing there to just say there was a lot happening for me within um, a, a 12 to 14 year time span of full-time performing and also trying to manage anxiety and injury prevention and all of these elements of also trying to discover who I am while becoming a yogi. And it it sort of merged into doing both. So I ended up both teaching and teaching at the same studio where we, you know, where you taught and where we met while performing. And that kind of took me through um, the end of, I guess I'd say the end of my performing career in, in 2014, when I decided that it was, it was time to move on and, and do other things. So yeah, it was just kind of a, a merging of the two, if you will. Yes. A merging of the two. It's funny because I was, I was thinking about, about you, you know, the, the te- teacher training, when you do the intensive, especially the 200 hour intensive, which is Monday through Friday, it is very intense. And then you were doing the show. And as I was listening to you, I was like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. And then mm-hmm. I realized as, as I was listening to you, I did the same thing. I wasn't doing a Broadway show at night, but I was running a multi-million dollar non-for-profit theater company at night. And I would stay up until midnight doing my work to then get up to go to yoga teacher training in the morning. And yet there was something that was so thrilling about it. Mm-hmm. It also was during that training that I realized I had to quit my job. So there was that. It has a tendency to, you know, it breaks up relationships. It it mm-hmm. breaks apart, you know, that is a relationship. Honestly, your work is a relationship, right? Um, but it, it tends to stir things up within you. Oh, yeah. It's an unraveling. There's, yeah. It's so funny. I was laughing as you were like, of course I was doing two major things at the same time. That's just, that's our personality type, right? And and it, and it is this insanity if you think about it. And yet I, it makes so much sense to me that we both chose that path to not just take, I actually couldn't take four weeks off at the time. That was one of the reasons why I wasn't allowed to. But at the same time, I think it's because I was able to manage this insanity, if you will, of of committing to a yoga teacher training and this unraveling of who am I and what's my purpose and what exactly am I doing? What's my place in this world physically, spiritually, emotionally, while also feeling out the, the dharma that I had of being an entertainer? It's interesting that they ended up merging. Yeah. And And that even now, as I'm not performing, I realize that you know, I'm still creating as a holistic practitioner experiences for people that have a very similar vibration and transformation as I was when I was on stage. And the only way that I think I could have really understood that is because they were both happening for me at the same time. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it like that for myself, but you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. I had a teacher who said to me, actually teacher that we both had, Joanna, I remember Joe said to me, where do you want to be a practitioner and where do you want to teach? And I said, in New York city, that's where I live. And I was planning on going away to an ashram in the Bahamas and getting my teacher training there. And I subsequently went on to continue into a 300 hour. And she said, do your training where you want to serve because you'll understand what everyone else is going through. <laughs> the people that you want to serve are here within the chaos and the, the noise and, you know, the, the, 
the survival, if you will, of yeah. New York City. And there was something about that where I, I felt at the end of it, of course, there was a breaking down and then there was a rebuilding for me just of everything. I got sick and then I, I needed to, to rest. I needed to integrate. And when I came out the other side, I realized I can serve better because I just went through this experience in this place, you know, that, that requires so much of you, which is so interesting now, because here we are sitting in California, having this conversation, I'm looking at my window and there's like nothing happening. It's so quiet, serene, but I had to, you know, I had to get there through this journey. I mean, there's an intensity and a, and a fire and a passion that draws you in and pulls you in, especially as an artist. And it was wonderful. It just wasn't something that was sustainable for me. And so much like what you said, when you went through this transformation moment of like, oh, now maybe I should not do what I'm doing anymore and leave this. I mean, I had a, I had a very similar moment of clarity. It was actually an injury that allowed me to step back and realize that I really was not fully happy anymore doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up leaving New York and Broadway all at the same time in, in 2014. And I, I made my way out to California. I landed in, in San Francisco and I've been in the Bay area ever since. And I just was looking for that, that place, if you will. I think California becomes the place that, you know, East coasters look at and think utopia. I just have to get out to the West coast because people are health conscious and, you know, they're living a, a more peaceful life and the sun shines, you know, all the time. And so I was really craving that. And of course, because I love doing so many things at once, Nick, I ended up also going to graduate school. If you can believe this, I was teaching yoga, I think something like four times a week. I was doing eight shows a week. And as you know, eight shows a week isn't all you're doing. You're still rehearsing and you're still, you know, filling in for people when they're on vacation. And, and there's, there's a lot of pressure there. And, and Wicked, by, you know, of course, is, is a huge show that requires a lot of maintenance. So there was a lot of sustainability there. We had to constantly keep it at this high level. And, and then I decided, oh, I'll go to graduate school, you know, while I'm sitting here backstage. And I, I, you know, I don't have enough to do already. So I decided to do that. I ended up getting my master's in holistic nutrition. And so that's how I ended up out in, in California deciding to, to be a holistic health coach and, and do this. And, and that's, that's now where I am. Yeah, of course, you, of course, you went to grad school while you were doing a Broadway show. Of course, you did. Of course, <laughs> um, of course, because that's what one does. But I, and this does lead to where you are today, and I really want to dig into, into it. What drew you to holistic health? What, what made question. you say, why, why this? I can only give you a completely transparent answer, which is that I struggled with an eating disorder while I was performing. Mm -hmm. And there are many people, I would imagine, who, especially women who choose that career path that feel the pressure to be thin, to be a certain size. And, and interestingly enough, I've spoken to many men who had the same issue. And so this is, it's just rampant in our industry. And unfortunately for me, I had a lot of hormonal issues that were changing my body in a way that I couldn't control. I've suffered from polycystic ovarian syndrome since I was 17. So I had several cysts throughout my life and career, actually, that would throw off my hormones and cause my body to shift and change. And so there was this sort of abuse, I would call it, that I had gotten used to giving myself and my body. And a lot of it was restricted eating and not really understanding what my body needed. And believe it or not, I had no idea that 
I had an actual food allergy. So what ended up happening is that I went to, uh, I was going to a chiropractor's wellness center. He was already a holistic nutritionist as well as a chiropractor. He had an acupuncturist and um, I would, and massage therapists, and I would go there pretty regularly. And we started talking about nutrition. And he was, he said to me, listen, I have this beautiful elimination diet, this 14 day cleanse, if you will. And he said, try it. It will probably change your life. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm not a big fan of quick fixes, but I was like, all right, I trust this guy. He knows what he's talking about. And he came from the holistic approach already with chiropractic. And I was such a lover of that. And I was such a lover of acupuncture and this idea of the holistic lens, seeing me as a unique individual, somebody who is different than the next person, right? So he would treat me based on how are you today? What's going on with you? What do you need? Same with my acupuncturist. She would talk to me and say, how are you feeling? What's been going on the last week? What do you need from me? Versus just looking at me and up and down and thinking, okay, you're another statistic. I'm just going to treat you like everyone else, which is unfortunately the way the Western model, you know, allopathic medicine looks at folks is we get kind of lumped together, right? So I love this idea of a holistic approach. So I went through this elimination diet and then subsequently as I came back out of it, there was an integration. We had removed toxic foods and then sort of slowly put certain foods back in. And I realized I can't eat gluten. I'm, it's not just that I'm intolerant to it, but like I full on cannot eat this. And I have something that's very fancily called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. In other words, my father is celiac, which we didn't know in the nineties, even though he was like, I think I shouldn't eat bread. I feel sick. And you know, no one really knew what it was. And then he found out that he actually had full-blown celiac disease. So I wanted to understand how he got there, what I could do to prevent from getting there, and why was this food so bad for my body, as well as there's a lot of other foods and food types that my body couldn't tolerate, and I wanted to understand all of it. So after I went through this program with this holistic chiropractor, I was like, I'm so curious. I was literally hungry, pun intended, to learn everything there was to know about the why. Why have has this been such a problem for me? And and let me just say that after I took gluten out of my diet, Nick, it was like everything changed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying like I did lose weight for sure because there was there was a lot stuck in me, but energetically, everything changed. It was as if I had removed this toxic backpack from my body, let it fall, and everything started to make sense. And I started to understand other types of foods and like the whens and whys of of just like, can I can I have this? Should I have this? Why does this affect me? And that was actually how I ended up going to graduate school was through this mentor of mine that had an approach of looking at people and saying, you're different and I'm curious and I want to help you as an individual. And so that helped me steer towards the holistic nutrition degree versus he said, if you go the other route, you're not going to like it. (laughs) I was like, you're absolutely right. And he said, go to the West Coast. You're going to love it. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So that was essentially for me, that was just like the moment. I know that was a long-winded answer to your question, but why I knew I needed to go that holistic route was I realized how different everyone's experience is and not just to foods, but just energetically to everything. There's something that you just connected for me that I, that I hadn't really thought about. And I too found my shift, my change through an elimination diet. 
and realized that I was allergic to dairy. I was lactose, severely lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. And that really shifted everything. My entire life shifted when I changed that. Like, I used to have to, like, run to the bathroom. It was like, gotta go, gotta yes. go, gotta go right now. Remember that commercial? Like, that yes. was me only, instead of being a 65, 70-year-old woman, it was me, a 25-year-old, like, running to the bathroom. It was, like, insane, right? And when I realized that was through this elimination that you're talking about. But I, what I never really thought of it was that you connected for me just now is as a cleanse. I never yeah. thought of that as a cleanse. Because in our sort of world that you know, a cleanse is something very different. It's, you know, a juice cleanse or a fad diet. So I want to talk about this because I think it's really important to sort of demystify what a cleanse actually is versus what we are now sort of marketed at. Yes. (laughs) I'm so glad that you brought this up. So the words cleanse or detox or detoxification are really synonyms of each other. But of course, there is this stigma around what that word or those two words could mean now because they have been attached to fads. And let me just say, I am not a fan of fad dieting or any kind of quick fix. And the reason is it sells us an idea that you have a problem. And I know I've heard you say this even before and you agree with me, but it's like, I have a problem. Let me take a pill and let me solve it, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's a problem with, my body, something's wrong with me, give me a magic pill and let me solve my problem. And then let me not have to do anything else and go about my day and go about my life and and keep moving on. And that's not reality. We all know deep within that if you want change, you have to show up and you have to do work to create change. And yet we've moved into this modern idea that we somehow don't have to do the work anymore, particularly when it comes to our body. And while our bodies are, yes, machines, and there is a basic way that they run when they're running, when things are going well, and we're in a state of balance and harmony, your digestive system really is a great machine. And yet, we can't see what's happening. So we have to be aware of really feeling and understanding that our body has a natural detoxification system. It's built in. It's already there. If we know how to use it, if we know how to give, let's say, the right information to our body, it will do exactly what we want it to do, but it's not going to just do it at the, you know, at the snap of a finger or like, it's not a light switch. We just turn on and the generator goes on and then we turn it off. We have to, over time, be giving our body, especially our liver, the right information. And your liver is literally the generator of your entire body. So if you think about a big building and you're thinking, you know, I I just thought of a huge skyscraper, you know, in New York or any other big city, and there could be a generator there. So if the lights go out, you know, you're not going to just be without power. So our liver does over 500 jobs and it's very busy. And this idea that we can, you know, let's say, you know, drink juice for five days and nothing else. And then suddenly by day six, and then the rest of your life, you're like, ah, I feel amazing. And all of my problems are solved. All my inflammation is gone and whatever it is. I think we're trying to like lose weight quickly or whatever we might be hoping for. It's an unrealistic expectation because there's a natural yo-yo effect, right? Mm -hmm. Our body is sort of shocked into a submission of receiving information, trying to assimilate it. And then kind of goes like WTF, like what do I do now? You know, so there's no sustainability. And the other thing that I find is that, you know, we hear the word cleanse or we hear the word detox and and we immediately think short-term, quick fix, and then what? 
And it's easy to get to fall into that trap and want to do it because who doesn't want a quick fix? Who doesn't want to feel euphoric and amazing? You know, if, if you know that your friend did it and they were like, this is the best thing ever. I have to tell you, I'm the, I'm the reverse. The oh, word you cleanse are. scares the oh. F out of me. I'm yeah. like, that is so scary sounding to yeah. me. Like, I, yeah. there's no way I could just drink juice for five days. Like, well, in it my, should be, yeah. That scares <laughs> it me. Scary. It should be scary, Nick, because what's missing is integration. So you, you do something to your body that very much is shocking and scary. And then when you come out of it, there's no integration. There's no answering of what now or why. There's, there's no understanding of why. And this leads me back to just even when you go to a yoga practice or even a, a workout or let's say even going to see a show, we go to have an experience and we walk away with something, right? And so if you walked in and you're like, well, why am I here? What do I want? And if you walked out and that why didn't get answered, you'd be like, mm, that wasn't so great. You know, like if you walked out of the show and you were like, yeah, that was, eh, that wasn't the best show. It's probably because your expectation or that, that why, that reason you were there wasn't fulfilled. Same thing. We've all been to a yoga practice or we've done some workout, let's say, or a dance class. And we went in and we wanted to feel something when we came out on the other end. And we were like, mm, I didn't really get it. It's the same thing. So cleansing is a very scary word. And yet I have a program actually called the Optimal You Cleanse. And my hope is that I can help people really understand what cleansing means and what it is and that it's not wrapped in this quickness or this, this sort of false hope, if you will. The word, the way that it's sold can be very scary, but I want to, if it's okay, give a little more insight as to why it's so important. Please do, because this is, well, yeah. this is why I want, this is exactly why I wanted to have you on today. I really wanted to have this conversation because I think that it's important. Yeah. It's really important to understand the why. So across the board, most of the people that I speak to will say to me, th they feel stuck. Mm -hmm. They feel depleted. They feel like they're not in their own body. I've actually had this experience myself, which is, of course, why I do what I do the way that I do it, which is feeling like my body got hijacked. Before I ever did this elimination diet with my mentor, I felt like I was not in my own body. And much like you, I had the same issue. I was waking up every day, probably for 10 years, running to the bathroom, and people would just tell me I was anxious. Or they would tell me like, you live in New York and you're a performer and that's, that's the way you're supposed that's to what it is. And I was like, no, I don't think that's true. And what I realized is every single thing that we take into our body has to be digested. So it's not just the foods that we put in. We think my digestive system is this sort of machine that allows for me to break down and either absorb nutrients or eliminate toxins, right? Keep in mind that we also take in information. And our thoughts are continuously running. And so energetically, we have to digest as well whatever comes in. And much of that has to go through that transformative process still in the gut, in that area. So what I have created is a way into an elimination diet. So in other words, let's say within an eight-week time, we get to a point where we will remove what I would call like common allergens or common toxins, certain foods that 
that most people could stand to let go of for a short period of time. Just to give you examples, dairy. I mean, you found this out for yourself. Dairy, gluten, soy can be a common allergen. Corn can be a common allergen. Red meat. So because these foods have tendencies to create inflammation, let's say. So whenever we refer to a food as being an allergen, what we're really talking about is the effect that it has on the body. So it comes into one's body and there is an autoimmune response, which is basically, wait a second, I don't recognize this substance and I don't like it. So I'm going to create this army that fights it to get it out of me, which is great if you have a virus or you have bacteria, not great if you just have a, a glass of milk, you know, or, um, you know, or a steak or something or a piece of bread. So in order to understand this response in the body, we have to remove these common inflammatories. And in order to do that, we can't just say to someone, you know, if I said to you, Nick, hey, so for the next 10 days, why don't you just not drink coffee, not have any dairy, not have any gluten or soy or corn or red meat or, you know, and then I just, I give you all these restrictions, right? And I see you laughing because it's ridiculous. And I just said to you here, why don't you just do that for 10 days and see how you do? Well, a lot of folks, especially let's just say type A personalities are like, yes, I want to do this. I am going to win the challenge. And what happens is that people will go for it. And they'll just do it without any information about how their body is going to be affected. And let's just say it wreaks havoc on your system. You're not prepared. Also, mentally, most people can't handle something like that. I, I know I can't. I that's a mental game. I mean, that's like, that would be insane. I mean, even if I just said to you as a coffee drinker, hey, why don't you just stop drinking coffee as of tomorrow and like call me next week? And I think there's a lot of shame around that too. Like people yeah. like, how dare you not be able to? Like yeah. you should be able to just drink juice for seven yeah. days and not want anything else. Yes. What? There's, there's shame. so much shame. There's shame wrapped in what we should do, what we shouldn't do. We like to call foods, good foods, bad foods. And let me just clear something up. I don't believe in labeling things as good or bad. What I like to do is say something might heal me and something might harm me depending mm. on who I am. And my biochemical individuality, which is just Ooh, a very good. fancy way of saying that you're a unique individual. So your levels of inflammation are going to be a huge factor in, in how you respond to foods. Your levels of inflammation, how your hormones are behaving, even just the fact that you have male hormones and I have female hormones in addition to all the other hormones that we both have and how they behave in different rhythms is going to affect us differently, even if we ate the same way. And then our environment is going to affect us and our genetics are going to affect us as well. So you've got all of these factors that are making you this biochemical individual, right? And so with that in mind, if I were to say to you, just give up something for the next seven days, there's no preparation and it's mindset that has to get you into why am I even going to do this? Mm -hmm. So the idea is you have to be able to take your time, let's say, <laughs> I don't know any other way to put it, but you have to prepare. You have to prepare your body for what it's going to do, which is to cleanse. We have to prepare your natural detoxification system. Your, your liver has the ability to clear out toxins every single day. But if it's not being supported in doing that, then its phases of detoxification are not going to work. And this is why disease happens, because we're not treating our liver the, you know, the way that it needs to, to be supported, let's say, to help us naturally detoxify. Right. So there's certain foods, certain kinds of foods that are going to help. Think of it as information. They come in and phase one 
is, oh, hey, now I know what to do. Now let's think of your liver as like a really smart person. That's like, oh, you just gave me a job. Okay, I'm alert, I'm awake, I have everything that I need to do this job. And now during phase two, I'm gonna start to eliminate. So in order for that to happen, we have to be prepared. So if I wanted you again to give up a slew of different kinds of foods for even a seven day period, which really is enough. So seven days is, is basically like the seven day detox happens within this eight weeks. Then what is happening during those four weeks? I have to educate you and give you time to understand how to be tender to each one of your systems so that you know the why. Why am I doing this? How are each of these foods affecting my body? And how do I know if I'm someone who needs to give up dairy? How do I know if I'm someone who needs to stay away from gluten? How do I know if I'm someone that is going to be affected long-term by these shifts? The only way you can know is by slowly removing things, giving your body a break, for those seven days to, this is again, the sort of assimilation time where you're prepared to give up whatever it is you need to give up. And then slowly adding things back in so that you can become mindful of, can I drink coffee or does my body react better if I don't? Can I have grains, you know, or does my body react poorly? So you have to get the information and that's where the elimination comes in. So we're slowly preparing the body to eliminate toxins properly. And then once it's clear and it's sort of like ground zero, if you will, then you start to add things back in with the new knowledge and the new habits. And then we have an integration phase to kind of get you out. And basically what this is, for me, I did this in a very short period of time. So I did this in 14 days and, and I can say it was extremely challenging for me to do in a 14 day period. It was too quick way too quick. And when I came out of it, I realized, again, the yo-yo effect, I wanted to go right back into my old habits. But when you space it out and you give it time, you're not just cleansing your body physically, but you're mentally cleansing yourself of the attachments and forgive me, but their addictions yeah. to foods and habits and behaviors that aren't serving you and aren't helping your body and your mind and your spirit function at its optimal, you know, at its best. I love this on a lot of levels. First, because it takes 21 days to break a habit. Not just 21 days. We think of 21 days, we've got a new habit, but it's not actually, that's not actually true. It's 21 days just to break the habit. Yes. And then it takes the additional 20 days to create and form a new habit that's solidified. So how could you possibly in a six day juice cleanse completely change your life? It's not possible. Yes. So that that alone, I love this this full integration process that you have because it actually allows for and supports the idea of lasting change. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk about is degrees because I find that you could say, well, I can have a little bit of X, Y, or Z and be okay. But if I have too much, then it's not good. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And this is where my Ayurveda training comes in so much. Yeah. So lucky me. <laughs> lucky I, you, I, lucky me, we have Ayurveda training. Right. And of course, this goes back to like laughing at how insane I think I was in my 30s when I just thought I could do everything all at the same time. So picture this. I'm, you know, I'm performing eight shows a week and I'm in graduate school and I decide to 
move beyond my 200 hour certification in yoga to get my 300 hour certification in yoga. So I'm 500 hours, which by this point, I think I'm, you know, like thousands of hours certified. But point being, I was actually on a medical leave. So I guess it counts that I wasn't performing, but I ended up in my very first of many Ayurvedic trainings. And I remember this so clearly. I was at our studio at 50th and 9th. And I just remember that the, the, you know, the teacher was talking about Ayurveda and I'm taking copious notes and I'm looking at my notes and they're in the same book as my notes from grad school. And I just was like, wait, I'm writing the exact same thing, but it's like, I'm writing it in a different dialect, if that makes sense. So the science of Ayurveda is all about balance. It's about coming to an understanding of the elements in nature, as well as the elements in one's own body and how to find balance when we live pretty regularly in a state of imbalance, right? So a holistic approach, even when you're you're learning through the science of, of holistic nutrition in general, brings so much of that Eastern philosophy in so that the understanding is, again, everyone is so different. And as you said, there are degrees to which certain people might be more sensitive to foods and also to certain movements. Like I have to speak to both food and movement because particularly when it comes to, to women's health, which is one of my specialties and, and looking at how hormones play so hugely into the understanding of what to eat when and how to move and when there are going to be different degrees as to say, like, how fast can you go? How hard can you, you know, can you work out? How much should you eat? How often? And that's what I think you were getting at when you said that, you know, to the degree of what, mm-hmm. right? And this is, this again can go back to if anyone listening is wondering, well, wait a second, I did that juice cleanse, you know, like three months ago and I felt amazing. And just to speak to this for a moment, if it's okay, I'm not going to sit here and say that they don't work, but what ends up happening is that the system is is so shocked into a state of releasing toxins from the bloodstream and it doesn't really have anywhere to go. It reminds me sort of of cleaning out your house when you have all this extra stuff. And imagine if you took all the things that you didn't want in your house anymore and you just put them out on your lawn thinking that someone's going to take them and like nobody comes to take anything for like five days. But this is what's happening. So it's like a massive, very sort of violent, if you will, cleansing or, or information that says detoxify, release, take everything out, and it has nowhere to go, and it ends up in your bloodstream. And the reason why you feel so awful, and you're telling all your friends that you're angry, and you're miserable, and you have a headache, and you're tired, and all the things, is because all the stuff is out on the lawn, it's in your bloodstream. And then there's a euphoria when it finally removes, when it's finally eliminated. Everybody comes and picks up the stuff, you have a great garage sale, and you're, you know, there you are. You're clean, and you feel great. And yet that doesn't last, right? So for some people, some bodies, that kind of practice might work. And for others, again, because of how they're responding, it might feel horrible and then feel euphoric, but then feel awful again five days later. I can tell you it didn't work for me. I tried that. No. I tried that. Yeah. I decided yeah. one, one January 1st, you know, like all, all ridiculous people do, I decided I was going to take out, eliminate at the same time without any prep, here we go mm-hmm. again, without any prep or any work, I was going to eliminate all caffeine, not just coffee, because yeah. I was getting it more from iced tea, honestly, than coffee, all caffeine and all sugar at the exact same time. Well, how do you think that went? Oh, yeah, I'm sure your body loved that. 
Oh, I, I don't think it went very well. I think you had a lot of things on your lawn. Michael came to me, my husband, Michael came to me and he was like, eat this cookie. I can't stand you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, this is, you know, there's so much involved in, in that, Nick, that, you know, that we don't have enough time to go into all of it. But, you know, the idea that I would be so curious to know more about you, you know, as an individual, I also will do an, uh, an Ayurvedic consultation with a lot of my clients because, again, I'm after the, the why. I want to give people the reason for things. Even just this idea of January 1st, you must do everything. It is the coldest time of year, the hardest time for your body to cleanse. So if there's anything I can I can really say, it's just seasonally we want to do a cleansing or a clearing, if you will. Think of it almost like a, like a spring cleaning of your closet. Right. But springtime is a wonderful time to, to do this kind of, of inner cleansing and summertime and fall really during that time of year where the earth is is retreating and it's cold and it's damp and we kind of want to be cozy and, and comfortable. It's ironic to me that all of a sudden we go charging forward into changing all these habits and doing things to our body that it's not ready for. Your body is always naturally cleansing. It's this idea we have that the word means extreme, fast, shame, and some kind of, I just keep coming back to the word violent and I can't think of anything else, but that really is what it is. It's a very, very violent way of treating your whole being that really goes against the holistic approach if you think about it. Well, the it. thing is, Robin, I knew better. Yes. I knew better. Of course you did. And yet this was prescribed to me by a medical doctor. Yeah. A Western doctor. And I listened rather than listening to my own knowledge. Like I yeah. knew that this wasn't going to work, but I was like, well, I'll give it a try. And, and, and yeah. you know me, I'll give something the, the college try. I'm going to make oh, it happen. Yeah. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> like it was like insane. Yeah. You know, because I was, and I was doing all the things and making it, you know, but it was just so against everything that I knew to be right. Yes. And so listening to your own body is like essential, right? Like it's, it is. It is. And, and, you know, we tend to not be very embodied as a culture. So for those of us who, who want to know more, I, I just, I encourage anyone listening to, to become your own best listener, mm. to really sit and become attuned with and aligned with your body and the instincts that we have. It's funny to me that we, we actually say, I had a gut feeling that, you know, something yeah. wasn't right for me, or I had this, like, I listened to my gut and, and I'm like, it's so funny that we say that in our dialect. And yet that's physically what's actually happening is that your second brain, your gut is saying to you like red flag. I don't like this. I don't feel well. And if there's, you know, the, the best thing that I can offer is that mindfulness factor, that listening to your body. And that's why yoga and holistic nutrition are so integrated for me, you know, in, in what I do, because it's, it is about really dropping in and really listening and trusting. And I can even imagine this with you because I know what kind of person you are. You're like, I'm going to get a, an A on this assignment <laughs> and you go forward. And yet, you know, what's really hard is that there's so much information on the internet, there's so many books, there's so many people writing blogs, and it can become extremely overwhelming to also hear that your best friend or your relative or somebody, you know, that you follow on social media or some pop culture 
you know, star, I got results from something. And mm-hmm. they say like, oh, I did this thing and it was great. That's wonderful. And keep in mind, you're not that human and you're not, you don't have their biochemistry and you don't have the information behind what they're doing, why they're doing it. And if we can really just become more aware of who we are as individuals and that we're different and that we need to guide ourselves into things for more of a long-term solution. Really, I think, you know, I think that's where the dialogue changes. It's like food, movement, mindfulness. It's a holistic, that is the holistic approach, right? Like, and that is the medicine. That is the medicine. Absolutely. Yeah, that is my motto is using food, movement, and mindfulness as medicine. It's there for us. It's natural. And, and if we trust it and we trust our bodies to, to know better, you know, that, that's where the change happens and, and the understanding. And I really do think it's important to educate people so that they understand why they're doing what they're doing and not just try this thing that, you know, someone says is popular or is going to give you some kind of unrealistic quick result. But then again, you're left wondering not just why did I do that, but what do I do now? And, you know, I'm always after long-term change. Which I love. Yeah. So speaking of what do I do now, you have a free gift for everyone. Yes, I do. So if you head to my website, robinwilner.com, you can find uh, what I call an optimal you wellness bundle. So this free gift is a mixture of all of my favorite modalities, which are meditation There is um, a free guided meditation. I think it's about 10 minutes and it will really guide you through an integration of your chakra system. So this subtle body energy system that allows for you to feel a sense of balance. Um, There's also a free uh, 15 minute yoga practice. I think people are are after practices that are a little quicker. It's kind of a, a snack, if you will, to a whole class meal since I speak in food puns, but really what it's after for those 15 minutes is, um, activating digestive fire or Agni. So a lot of twisting and, and I'll explain why that's important. And then of course, you can also get my five secrets to eating mindfully, which um, I hope will help you immediately feel a sense of change in your body and your system without even really changing your diet. So it's, it's mostly about your approach to eating and shifting your mindset around food, which is going to immediately, if you start practicing this regularly, it will immediately shift how your body responds, because there's so much of that psychosomatic response to, again, what we're putting in, what we're taking in, and how our gut responds to it. So I hope that, you know, those listening can really get a lot out of those freebies. That's a huge gift. We thank you so much for that. I'll make sure that we put that in the show notes as well, so you can click right on it. And so beyond that, any final thoughts for us about living really mindfully living in movement, living in food mm-hmm. and being a holistic human? Yeah, that's such a beautiful question that I could answer with so many, so many thoughts. I think it's really important to integrate not just food and hydration and, and movement and mindfulness. But the biggest key that I always tell folks, like the, the pillar of health and holistic health is rest. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people have come to me and said, if there's one thing that you can suggest that I start doing right away, you know, like, you know, if I'm not ready to start a program with you, I'm like, rest, rest, listen to your body and rest. If you're rested, everything else comes into play. If you're oh, rested, 
If you're rested, you make better decisions about what you eat. If you're rested, you have more energy to move. If you're rested, you make more mindful decisions. It affects your relationships with yourself, with your loved ones, with your colleagues, with everything. So of all the things that we tend to, I think, as a culture, forget about, it's to allow ourselves permission to rest. And that brings in the element of yin to the yang, right? The balance of how we are constantly in motion. We are moving, we are driven by heat and passion. And the opposite is that nurturing and that cooling and that, that just allowing for literally your nervous system to rest and digest. So the big takeaway, if you forget everything else that I said before now is please, please, please rest. It will help you make all the best decisions um, in regards to, in, in regards to your health. Beautiful. Yeah. So robinwilner.com and where are you on the socials? Yes. So Instagram at robin.wilner, you can find me there. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in, in hearing more, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. I, I love to start conversations. I do free consults to anyone who wants to know more about the optimal you cleanse or any other kind of movement and uh, nutrition program or coaching. So yeah, please reach out. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your knowledge and um, really helping me understand at a, at a deeper level. I really, truly appreciate that. And of course, for your years and years of friendship, I honor and cherish you. Thank you. I adore you. And thank you so much for, for having this conversation with me and inviting me on your podcast. So if you enjoyed today, which I know you did, because you got a lot of value there from Robin, go get her bundle. There's so much there. It's amazing. And book a consultation with her. Be sure also to go to iTunes and leave us a review. Believe it or not, they're really important. It helps us share the message of the podcast and get this information out to more and more people and have them enjoy these conversations as well. DM Robin, DM me, your favorite takeaway. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.